0: The Ukraine crisis isn't going away. In fact, Biden and Johnson are talking it up even more, it seems, talking of an imminent attack this week. Not last Wednesday, this week. So, will it happen? Well, it's certainly got markets still very shaky. Meanwhile, forget about a half percent rise by the FOMC. Well, it certainly seems less likely anyway, after words from John Williams over the weekend. And if you desire hard facts in this sea of uncertainty, well, loads of PMI numbers today. But not for America, because it's President's Day today. They're on holiday. It's Monday. The 21st of February 2022, it's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar lurched forward a little on Friday, up a quarter percent on the DXY, but it did fall 0.7% over a couple of days in the middle of the week last week. So it's uh, still pretty volatile, it's fair to say. A lot of that comes from the euro, which was down 0.3% on Friday. The Aussie lost a little as well, but over the week it was up 0.6%, up to 71.8 US cents. US stocks haven't been hanging on to any good news lately. Uh, Another 1.6% fall in the NASDAQ on Friday. Most shares did try and get Some growth early in the week, but the Nasdaq finished the week 1.8% down. Same for the S&P 500. It was down 1.6% over the week. The Dow down 1.9%. And it's happening in Europe too. The FTSE lost uh, 0.3% on Friday, over 1.9% down over the week. The DAX lost 2.5% last week. And bond prices are pushing higher, so we're seeing yields down. UK 10-year gilts lost 8 basis points on Friday. 10-year treasuries were down 3 basis points, down 11 basis points over the last two days of Last week. And oil. Well, despite the Ukraine tensions, WTI is down three quarters of percent to just above 91 a barrel. Brent is up 0.6 percent to below $94. So, what happens today? <laughs> we don't know uh, but we can put a few jigsaw pieces together perhaps here's nabs rodrigo Cotril in sydney so what's your sense rodrigo on uh, the impact of ukraine right now i'd say you know it looked like tensions were easing for a while didn't it last week but now th- they are back on fire there are more russian troops more field hospitals belarus has said that the russian troops that, that, that were there supposedly on joint military exercises they're staying indefinitely uh boris johnson not wanting to inflame the situation but he's saying this could lead to the uh, the biggest war in europe since 1945 so the question is if it happens or if it carries on like this for a long time what impact could this have on markets because it certainly looks like now it's not something that we can push aside and certainly it looks like it's not something that traders are ignoring
1: anymore uh, morning phil Yeah. so unfortunately the news have not been that great uh, particularly um you know it all started with president biden um uh, Again, standing very convinced, uh, that, uh, uh, and warning that the, the Russian invasion in the Ukraine look imminent, yeah, including strikes on Kiev and, and others, and other, and other uh, cities. Um, and then, um, he also, as you said, the, the Russian news over the weekend in terms of those, um exercises in in Belarus including missiles and and hypersonic testing um, as well as sort of testing of nuclear uh, drills uh, there, there was that hope and there's still that hope that uh, maybe the tensions can uh, be reduced a little bit with that meeting that will happen between blinken and um, foreign secretary in in, in in Russia as well to answer your question typically when when we think about sort of the the geopolitical tensions that have occurred over the past twenty even thirty years, um, they tend to be short-lived sort of episodes, you know. You think about, about the Afghanistan wars and so on. Markets get rattled for three, four weeks, and then, and then you see a recovery, despite the fact that, of course, wars continue for, for years. Um, the issue here, of course, is that this is a, is a, is a much bigger scale. It's, is very close to Europe. Um, it could implicate, you know, Europe, Europe getting involved in the whole thing. It could, as, as Johnson has said, could be the biggest war, European war in, in, since 1945. So it is a much bigger issue. Um, whilst at the same time, um, when you look at markets, particularly commodity markets, um, because of the reopening, because of the, the, the recovery that we, we enjoy, uh, they're very tight. Uh, and, and that's where you start thinking. Okay, well, what is Russia's role in, in commodities in particular? And, and they play a significant role uh, in oil, gas, and when you look at how significant it is the supply to oil and gas to Europe, for instance, then the numbers get much bigger. So. In, in that sense, the, the potential is that, um, you know, this may be very different to a classic geopolitical tension where it goes away very quickly. It could have huge inflationary pressures, not just in terms of oil, but also in terms of other commodities, um, in, including palladium and, and nickel, where, you know, oil, Russia still places significant supply uh, at a global scale. And, and of course, Ukraine as well, in terms of the wheat market is also very, very, very big. So... Uh, It will be disruptive for the commodity market, it will be inflationary, Uh, and of course in addition to all that risk aversion that is likely to be reflected in equity markets as well. So
0: all of that paints a a bad picture for Europe more than the United States, doesn't it? And it's it's interesting if we look at oil, because you'd think – we talked about this uh, last week – you'd think that – you know why? Why is oil down? You would have thought it would be it would be up. Uh, you know, particularly with yes, Russia such a big oil producer, what, and yet we've got, we've got went in both directions, didn't we on
1: Friday? <laughs> now, what is happening with oil is that the, because and particularly because of all these tensions, it appears that the, the negotiations with Iran have now sort of gathered momentum, uh, and there appears yeah. that there is appetite for finding a resolution there with Iran, reaching a compromise in terms of the, those nuclear tensions. Um, and that will be significant because, of course, Iran has a lot of oil. Uh, and that implies that now mm. all of a sudden you can have a big increase in supply coming from Iran. So that's what is affected the news. So they
0: could replace oil. I mean, OPEC plus sort of pushes Russia aside and starts dealing with Iran a bit more, I guess. So
1: that, is that the hope? Well, the, the, it's, it's basically new news in the sense that over the past week, all of a sudden, mm. the, we know the market is tight. Uh, but all of a sudden, there's a the potential for this big increase in supply. But
0: uh, 10 extra uh, uh, rigs in the United States, according to the Baker Hughes rig pack count last week, they're, they're ageing up 35 this month. So I guess the higher it goes, the more they can produce domestic stuff in in the US, which might explain that sort of dichotomy in prices that we're seeing this morning, That's right but, uh, if But the, the more this goes on, of course, the more uh, it hits Europe. We saw European consumer confidence, the flash consumer confidence read over the weekend for the euro area, minus 8.8. It's basically been getting worse every month since last September. Obviously, this isn't going to help, is it?
1: It isn't. And it goes against those those expectations that now finally we've seen uh, improvements in terms of the the Omicron wave and, and, you know, the the ease of of restrictions. So that, that was one of the headlines last week in terms of Germany, Austria and other countries easing those restrictions. Uh, and yet, the consumer is not, not not improving in terms of confidence. Of course, the, the Ukraine story not helping at all.
0: And reports that from Bloomberg that the ECB might end their QE bond purchases in September. Uh, they've they've said that they would uh, buy bonds until very shortly before they raked, uh, they started to uh, hike their rates. So if they end in September, then does that mean they're going to uh, hike their rates in October or at the very least in December? Certainly this year, which is something they've been sort of flatly done denying until recently.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I suppose the interesting thing on, in, in this is that. As you say that we know that the ECB has said that as soon as they finish tapering then the door is open for hikes. So that that is what the market is looking for, any signals ahead of that March ten meeting. Now if if the agreement is September, then what is interesting to note is that the market is actually pricing hikes um, you know a little bit sooner than that. So if there's a confirmation that it is in september we might see a little bit of a push or you know a bit of a, a bit of a repricing if you like in the front end of the of the is market but still i think the key point here is that just like speculation around australia is that everything is happening a lot sooner and and you know the the market is proving to be right in the sense how central banks are moving towards the market expectations in terms of how quickly hikes are likely to, to eventuate. But
0: how does this change if we do see the situation uh, in the East getting worse? I mean, you, you, you talked about inflation, but I mean, it's it's not the sort of it's inflation brought about by war, not the sort of inflation that a central bank is going to be able to do, have anything to do with it, even they can you know have any influence over the supply chain difficulties that we're seeing, which is the root cause of it right now. Yeah,
1: that's right. And, uh, you know, if you are coming from the mantra of someone like Bullard for instance, uh, then you probably will be more convinced that hikes are coming regardless um, because Bullard is very much, hmm. as it you know been evident over the past recent weeks, of how you know, concerned he is about inflation that something needs to be done. And
0: interestingly uh, it's, it's sounding more and more like the, the Fed in the United States is not going to push ahead with a, a half uh, percent rate hike in March. We had John Williams and Lael Brainard Basically, saying over on Friday and over the weekend that uh, they shouldn't make any big step, instead steadily move up interest rates and then reassess. That's coming mainly. That's coming from John Williams. So that's that's sort of putting pay to the idea that they're going to go big, isn't it?
1: Yes. So I mean, the importance here is that we haven't heard from what is typically referred to as the inner circle. Uh, You know, so John Williams, being being the head of uh, the New York Fed, has a permanent seat at the table and a permanent voter. Um, and he's also known to be very influential in terms of the thinking and, and if you like, influence on, on Fed Chair Powell. So his um, pretty strong wording in terms of he didn't see a compelling case for, for lifting 50 basis points on, on March has been quite significant in that regard. Um, and uh, it just sort of reflects that at least within that inner circle that there's, there's a, a preference at this stage for a steady approach to hikes that should begin next month. Um, but again he also reiterated that, that this is very much data dependent their expectations are for inflation to ease over the course of 2022 and if that wasn't to be the case then of course uh, the door remains open for a 50 basis point rate hike later in the year but not at this stage Um and Brainerd was a little bit more mixed in the, in the sense that she's sort of uh, talking the, the same the same idea but then she also made that the remark that the, the you know the 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 the, the the dynamics are kind of being reflected by pricing in the market. And, and therefore, the market is kind of 50-50 about whether or not there will be a 50 basis point rate hike at this stage. So um, not uh, not as clear as, as William, but certainly uh, favoring this uh, this gradual approach to, to hiking as well. Right. And China uh, today,
0: uh, they set their loan rate. What do we, no change? Uh, certainly no hikes because they have been talking
1: about uh, more easing, if anything. So they're certainly not going to be lifting their rates. Yeah, so typically what happens in China, and I say typically because that wasn't the case uh, in in December, is that um, if um, there's a signal coming from the the medium-term facility, if the medium-term facility hasn't been changed, then you shouldn't expect a change in the long prime rate. Um, There was an exception in in December, but the consensus view is that that was just an exception. So further easing should be expected coming from China because of the struggles that they're facing, and again, a reminder that the property stresses remain pretty much evident, uh, with again news of big companies defaulting again. So, it's mm. it's a theme there that will continue over the course uh, of 2022. And in contrast to to those hikes, expectations that we've seen coming from the Fed and, and other central banks. Uh, but at least at this stage, no easing is expected for today.
0: And uh, speculation that New Zealand might become part of the uh, the world global bond index. So, I guess two questions: is that is that is that speculation correct? Is it going to happen? And what what does that mean for uh, demand for Kiwi bonds?
1: Well, it's it means great news for for Kiwi bonds um, because uh, inevitably, as you you know, a new member of, of a benchmark, you know, old investors will have to pile in and, and load up, um, and that means that there will be an increase in demand for uh, New Zealand bonds over the coming year. Um, there there are a whole sort of set of rules and uh, and uh, that need to be met for you to be included. Um, and our colleague in in New Zealand believes that. Um, particularly the, the setting of the currency that needed to be closer to 67 cents rather than 66 cents uh, by the end of last week, as it was the case. Um, it gives them a lot of confidence that uh, an announcement now looks imminent in terms of the inclusion of New Zealand into into the index. So that will be great news, particularly bearing in mind that there are expectations for an increase in supply uh, of issuance coming from the government. So so that will be a nice kind of offsetting force. Yeah,
0: and the RBNZ uh, meet this week as well. There's a question mark there, isn't there, as to whether, I mean, they're going to lift interest rates, but will they go the 450 basis points?
1: Well, the, again, the market is, is very much playing with that idea. Uh, but our colleagues in in New Zealand believe that as much as the, there is actually a case there for, for going hard, given how inflationary pressures look very strong in, in New Zealand, uh, a steady approach, given the uncertainties around the world, and even the Omicron uncertainty, although it's proven to be not as a major concern just yet in New Zealand, uh, favors the view that a 25 basis point hike uh, is probably more the likely outcome. What will be important is, again, the, the track of the trajectory that the Airbnb set sees in terms of how many more hikes and, and also the terminal rate or how high they're going to go in terms of this tightening cycle. Well, that that would also be very important to, to does see. Does anyone know
0: that in, in this climate, can anyone put a terminal rate on anything when there's so much uncertainty flooding around the world? Look for it. It's flash PMI day today. Australia, Japan, France, Germany, the euro area, the UK, not the United States because it's President's Day there today. So That's we have right. to wait till tomorrow. Uh, yes. But we'll we'll get, get those numbers from there as well. So uh, for those people who are desperate for facts, there's loads of numbers to look at today.
1: Lots of numbers, and and as we've spoken, you know the focus will be in Europe. Um, You know, again, the confidence, the consumer confidence decline is significant. It will be interesting to see whether there's a ramp up in activity. Now that the Omicron wave is fading, or whether there hasn't, and, and that again would be a major concern. Yeah,
0: is it fading though? The more you open up, the more people seem to be getting. Even the Queen's got it now. Boris Johnson is going to announce uh, later on uh, all restrictions are going to be lifted in the UK from Thursday. No need to isolate. No need to test. In fact, they may even start charging for tests. So there's a complete turnaround. So w- once again, the UK is going to be an interesting petri dish uh, for the rest of the world, isn't it? Well, we'll have to leave it there for now. Good to talk anyway. We'll, uh, we've got Aussie wages, but we'll talk about that coming up later in the week. We'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Good. To talk. Yes, that would be important. As you' well, well, Thanks. All Cheers, thanks. Cheers, Phil. i get go much Trouble if you talk for more than 15 minutes. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then.